Live from Nashville, Tennessee, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Chasing Corey and she cattle on the cactus flats. Been a month since we've gone to town. Well, we got them pushed up to the Nogales gate. And tonight we're stepping out. Well, there's a little cantina on a dusty street where you sit with your back to the wall. A place where the wild west lives on. And the fun is afraid for all. Tequila for me, fresh horses for all my men. We're taking a ride to 1890 again. Tomorrow it's back to reality, but amigo until then. Tequila for me, fresh horses for all my men. Black-haired beauty giving John the eye, Lord, I hope he doesn't take the chance. Cause she's married to the mustache dealing stud, and he's a master of the switchblade dance. Hey, Jimmy and Tom are shooting at the lights, a bunch of cowboys borderline wild. And we're chasing the worm to the bottom of the bottle of that night it proved cactus wine. Tequila for me, fresh horses for all my men. We're taking a ride to 1890 again. Tomorrow it's back to reality, but amigo, until then. Tequila for me, fresh horses for all my men. Tennessee, that is our friend, Mr. Randy Houston, Tequila for Me. And from Nashville, Tennessee, I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. Good morning, Bobby. 
Good morning, Gary. If you had your choice, would it be tequila, whiskey, or coffee? Coffee. <laughs> coffee. I can I can live without stress, but I gotta have my coffee. I've gotta have my coffee to get me going every morning. Uh, how about you? How about you? Uh, I, I like I like an old fashioned. <laughs> Not in the morning. Not in the morning. Well, no, not in the morning. But thinking of that, that's a great song of Randy's. I sort of for, I, I forgot about that song. In fact, that's from a wonderful album. So that's a, you always pick a really good song to open the open the show. So. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, Randy is a super talented guy, and uh, and I thought that song just fit this morning for me anyway. Well, yeah, we have yeah. a. How's your weather out in Albuquerque, by the way? Well, we've had uh, we had thunder and rain last night, and we may have some more this afternoon, which is actually quite delightful. Um, we're in a, a very pleasant temperature, and uh, Jim just planted a beautiful scrub rose in our backyard. He wanted to get that done before there'd be noise um, for the radio. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I stepped outside for a moment, and it's quite lovely. It'd be nice to be sitting out there with a cup of tea or coffee or whatever. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Well, we have beautiful weather here in Nashville and uh, sunny right now, but uh, we've had the kind of weather that I like. We've had plenty of rain at night and uh, and then sunny and beautiful during the day. So let's let's hope that continues for a while for us here. But anyway, we have a fun show today, and I think the guy that's joining us first today told me that he was sitting out under a cottonwood tree. Who's our first guest? Oh. Uh, joining us is New Mexico neighbor, kind of, <laughs> Doug Figs, and we're delighted to have him with brand new music. Kind of All brand right. new then, music. <laughs> kind of brand new music. Recycled a little bit. Uh, in the second hour of the show, we have our good friend, Mr. Fred Bull, who's going to join us, and he's the past chairman of BLM's Wild Horse and Borough Advisory Board. So we're going to talk a little bit about Mustangs in the second hour of the show. But right now we want to get to a great song from Doug Figgs. It is from his new album that is soon to be released, One for the Ride. And it is called In It for the Ride. We'll be back on Saddle Up on the Campfire Cafe in just a moment on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Oh, there's nothing in this world I'd rather 
journeyman farrier, a working cowboy, and a multiple award-winning Western music singer-songwriter. He performs his music all over the West and continues to churn out his own variety of Western music, from hard-driving songs with a tinge of Southern rock to beautiful ballads and everything in between. Please welcome back to Campfire Cafe, a singer-songwriter who vividly captures stories of both the frontier and the modern-day West in his songs, our good friend, Doug Figs. Welcome, Doug. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Happy to be here. Hello, Mr. D- hey, Doug. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Doing well. All good. Right. Are you shooing any horses today, by the way? <laughs> Just got done with one, and... Uh... I'm sitting in the shade. I had to had to search around for the best place where I, where I got the best reception, the best cottonwood tree that gave me the best reception. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least you didn't hear the tractor go by just now. No, I did not hear the tractor. Did not hear the tractor. We must well, it's been a while since uh, since you've been on the show, and uh, you like have it. been on several times. But it yeah. was no this past November when I actually got to meet you for the first time, and uh, <laughs> it was great. It was great to get to meet you. And uh, yeah. the only thing is, we didn't get to visit that much. Things are pretty busy no, with the conventions did. going on, you know. Fair enough. It's always that way. 
know. <laughs> yeah. Have the time. Yeah. Well, we may have to come in a, a day earlier, do something, or a day later, or something this next time before uh, uh, we rush in and out. Yeah, we'd love to do that. As a matter of fact, I bet we could do some horseback ride together. That would be a hoot. I think we could. Yeah. We could even get Bobby Bell to join us for the horseback ride. <laughs> well, that sounds good. What did you I'll say, enjoy Bobby? Sitting under the cottonwood. I'd enjoy sitting under the cottonwood and, and just watching the beautiful landscape. <laughs> oh, gosh. I was just thinking, this is beautiful. I'm, I'm sitting in here, and I'm just, I just watched a hawk just fly right just almost to me and then went up into the tree right in front of me. So, oh, my wow. gosh. This is, this is beautiful country down here. Well, that's great. Where are you today? I'm at a ranch, um, a horse ranch. Here in Lemitar, and so we're we're just just a little ways away from the Rio Grande. So, yeah, wow, wow. Well, that was all my part of the country several years ago. I spent time uh, in El Paso, and then a lot of time over in New Mexico. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just a hoot to be able to do that. Well, this album is really terrific. So tell us a Thank little you. bit about how this came about. One more ride. <laughs> well, it was really uh, my wife Kathy. She, she, well, she notices more than I do. You know, it's like I uh, when when we record an album, uh, really, I mean, you get your songs ready and you think you know the songs, and then you record them. And then as you play these songs through the, through the years and stuff, it just Songs change a little bit. Yeah. And, um, and I thought it would be, and she, 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 she wanted to have uh, to record this the way these songs have kind of changed a little. And um, I thought it was really, I thought it was a great idea. So I picked, we, we picked some of our favorite songs that I've written, and uh, come from four different albums. And, um, okay. It just, I, what I, I, I took them to, well, I played them for, you know, just the way I do them. I played them for uh, Butch House, who who is the producer and, and uh, the engineer on this, uh, and the recording engineer and everything on this album. And um, I, I didn't let him hear the original recording, because I wanted to see what he thought about them and what he would do with them. And I was, it was so much fun. I just, it was, I was just really happy to, to be able to do this. Well, it turned out really well, and uh, and it's kind of interesting, Doug, because I go back and I listen to some of Mary Kay's music, and, and yeah. go back through, it and I think that just doesn't get enough airplay. You know, this this thing needs to be brought back out again, brushed off, and put on a new EP or an album or something. You know, yeah. and I guess yeah. it's kind of the same way with you. I mean, you produce music. And then some of it gets more airplay, and some of it just doesn't. And it's like, man, there's some really good stuff back there that needs to be brought out again. You know, we do. Uh, I I uh, do a little radio uh, and an internet radio show with with uh, my buddy Reese Jenkins, and, and we 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 see that so much, and and you know mm-hmm. we go back a lot. We go back yeah. a lot into older stuff and bring them. And try to bring some of those back because there's some amazing musicians and amazing mm-hmm. in the Western mm-hmm. music, and and I just you know these things need to get heard. They do. They, they do. One of 
Mary Kay's the other night, last night. <laughs> um, well, thank you. So, um, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's just such a beautiful song, and it's, it's the, the um, patterns on, on the pain. And oh, yeah. I love that song. Yeah. yeah. Things like that need to be heard. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. they should be. They should be. But you've done a great job with this album. And you have brought people in to kind of spice things up a little bit. I'm going to get to another song now called Old New Mexico Moon. And uh, and you brought a Nashville guy in on this one. How did you get connected with Charlie McCoy? <laughs> that was pretty cool. You know, I didn't I didn't know that was going to happen. But uh, uh, Butch House is good friends with Charlie. And uh, Butch thought that that the harmonica would sound nice on a couple of songs. And so we called him and he said, sure. <laughs> and I, thought, I was thrilled. It was such a cool deal, you know, and, and Butch called me and told me he got Charlie McCoy. And then I kind of, I, I didn't know what to think. And he said, yes, that Charlie McCoy. And I, was so <laughs> <good>. <laughs> I was thrilled. It was so cool. Uh, well, Charlie is tremendous, and uh, and I mentioned earlier he had just been inducted into the uh, Grand Ole Opry last this past year. Should have been done a long time ago, but he has played yeah. on everybody's everybody's albums. I, I don't know how many yeah. thousands that he's played on before, but he's playing Absolutely. on yours. Uh-huh. And this is a great song. This is this yeah. is a great one. It's Old New Mexico Moon. We're going to come back and talk more with Doug in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. Cottonwood trees, 
just what I have, and I've got this one line that I can't get. And, and just, they look at it and they say, oh, yeah, they, they find that line. I mean, just right away. And I, I, like, I've been working on this for two weeks now, and I can't get it. <laughs> you just looked at it and you got it. And that happens so much with screenwriting. Yeah. And I, I love yeah. that part of it. Everybody yeah. just thinks differently, and everybody, and it's like writing a song. I mean, there are a thousand ways to say the same thing, and we're looking for just that right thing. Right, right. Then I talked to a songwriter the other day, and they said they like to write with three, so they like to be with part three? of three wow. people that are writing together. Wow. You know, not just not just one that. other. Yeah, and okay. it's it's like. You know, suddenly a whole new thought comes from a phrase that you've that you've right. uh, developed, and uh, you know where it ends up could be totally different from where you started with the process. But uh, I'm <laughs> yeah, expecting, I'm expecting to hear a song now about the hawk in the tree that you were sitting on. <laughs> we'll wait for that. <laughs> this this next song that I'm going to get to, Doug, uh, Running with the Wind. This may be my favorite so far off oh, of the album. And uh, where did this come from? You know, horses, for me, they've been my whole life. I mean, yeah. everything that I do, just about everything I do, Involves horses, and, and it's just I wanted to write a, a tribute to something that has given so much to me, and that's this that's what it is. It's a tribute to the horse for me. All right. Well, this is this is a great song, and uh, a little bit longer than we usually play on the radio, but it is worth uh-huh. the listen. So this is running with the wind, and we'll be back to talk more with Doug Figs in just a moment on the Campfire Cafe. Wild and free 
such an important role in your life, I was just thinking you and I have that in common because uh-huh. my dad had horses before I was born. We've always had horses. And uh, I, I posted yesterday, Equestrian Legacy Radio was 11 years old yesterday. I knew this was our 11th uh-huh. year, but if Facebook, memories, if Facebook memories don't remind me, I forget what anniversaries are. So. <laughs> It was our anniversary, but we started Equestrian Legacy Radio as a show just about horses. And Uh then it spun off into the music and uh, the different things. But 11 years we're celebrating. And, Bobby, you've been with me eight, 
Is that right? Eight? Yeah. Yes. Eight eight years. Yeah, we're in our we're in our eighth. We might actually be in our ninth now, but yeah. <laughs> I, and and you haven't aged a bit. I have no idea how you do oh, that. I, I have oh, I, I posted pictures. I posted <laughs> pictures of me at different periods, and it's like I've gotten old and you haven't aged at all. Mm, but, uh, well, you're too kind. <laughs> well, but Doug, you've got a radio show that you're doing, and uh, how did you get started with that? Well, this um, Reese Jenka, he bought a radio station here in Socorro, and he wanted to do what he wanted to do on it. <laughs> okay. And uh, he uh, he really. I, I met him, you know, he, he wanted to do local musicians and that kind of stuff, and we met him, and he really fell in love with the Western music, and uh, he just, he decided we, we ought to do a little show, so uh, I just, I've been having, having a great time, I think we got, um, mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. last night was 189, <laughs> no, wow. So, yeah, fantastic. Wow. wow, wow. Well, just keep on, buddy, and you'll get 11 years in on that. So uh-huh. it won't take long. <laughs> it happens so quickly. It happens so quickly. But uh, but I was telling you a while ago, I've got the, a guest that we had on the show on Saddle Up America uh, who is a horse trainer and a Mustang trainer, and he was saying, yeah, I listen to Doug Figs every Wednesday night. When I'm out at the barn, I just flip it right on and take a listen to it. So you've got an audience around the world right now, my friend. You know, what that's is pretty cool. cool. Is and then and then I also do a, like a, a, a Facebook live video, and it, and it's just been fun for me. Um, I do it on Thursday nights. Generally, I try to do it every night, every Thursday night, and, and JP will will uh, will he'll he'll. Uh, Tune in and he'll say, "I'm I'm on a horse here." <laughs> and I, uh, I, you know, I, I I can't. It is I can't describe how amazing that is to me. Um, I've got a, a, a man in Japan that listens all mm-hmm. the time. Right. Yep. You sure? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and and then another uh, guy in Jakarta. <laughs> places I don't even know where they are and it's always right, tomorrow right. in Japan when, right. I'm, <laughs> when I'm talking to him and so I, I just I, I can't imagine um, I've got friends that I probably will never meet and they're great friends wonderful friends that I probably will yeah. never meet in person and yeah. I, I just, yeah. I'm so amazed at that well, that is the magic of the world that we live in today with the Internet and uh, and the fact that... Some of it's that, good and some of it's not so good, right? Okay. Well, that's exactly <laughs> right. That is exactly right. Well, let's get back to some more music. And yes. that song, you you brought some superstars into this song with you. Ten Below Zero. <laughs> who's who's uh, performing with you on this one? Vanity Infinity Seely, I mean, just an amazing, mm. amazing vocalist, um, and Charlie McCoy, the one, the Charlie McCoy. That's what I have. The to say. Charlie McCoy. The Charlie McCoy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and the Trinity Seely, such a talented young yes. lady, and uh, and a good friend of ours. Yeah. Uh, but uh, tell us about Ten Below Zero. 
Well, you know, actually, this song, um, the Durango Cowboy Poetry uh, uh, Gathering in Durango, Colorado, they'll usually have a, a, a poster to advertise their the, the gathering, and they'll have a painting on that poster, and the 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 title for that painting was Ten Below Zero, and it um, had some had some cattle there, and you could see that you know they're blowing um, um, yeah, steam into the air, coming <laughs> out, you know, and it's just right. it's such a cool picture. And they usually, you know, they have a session in there that for to, to write a song about or a poem about the poster, and I, you know, I just I went back into my uh, Marshall Tucker band days and uh, took some stuff, Carolina and different little things from there. And I, <laughs> I, I wrote this song. All right. Well, let's take a listen to Ten Below Zero, Doug Figs, Trinity Seeley, and Charlie McCoy on the Campfire Cafe. <laughs> my own heartbeat And that sound the dry snow makes beneath my pony's feet It's so cold I can hardly breathe My pony feels it too Wish I was back in Carolina In them hills with you Stay. Mm-hmm. 
wishing I was in your arms today. Doug Figs um, sharing uh, vocal with the amazing Trinity Seely, and then of yeah. course we also heard Char- uh, Charlie Mc- uh, McCoy on harmonica. Um, you know, yeah. Doug, that's yeah. uh, as as we we know, our listeners may not. That's uh, uh, one of my favorite songs from the Cowboy Ways uh, Go West right. album. The Red album, and. Um, <laughs> So lovely to hear it as a duet this way. Um, it just gives it a whole new life. And um, I would imagine, I've listened through the albums. You you were kind enough to provide us with the tracks a few days ago. I've listened to this album several times since since you first sent me the tracks. And I just see, a, I just see airplay, 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 airplay. <laughs> So you know, I know DJs are going to oh, be very anxious and eager to get their hands on this album. It's just um, every one of them is just a gem. Um, you know, you're back performing live. Of course, you were. You were because you were doing your Facebook sure. Live, and during during that period of of COVID, you were you know you were keeping active. But I've been on your website to see what you come, you've got coming up. Tomorrow night, you've got a, a concert. You're going to be tr- doing quite a bit of travel. Um, then you're at the Eureka Op- Opera House on mm-hmm. Saturday night in uh, Arizona. Is that Arizona? That's Nevada. Uh, um, Nevada. Nevada. And, yeah, you're just you're kind of doing a Southwest um, tour over the next several days. How is it to be back? performing live now <laughs> uh it's wonderful yeah <laughs> i just love it you know and i i um there's i prefer i, I mean I, I love playing cowboy way i mean I, I i have so much fun with that but it's just not feasible um to take a trio everywhere uh-huh Right. Mm-hmm. 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 But so, and it's it's working. It's working well. I, I, I'm getting a little. You know, uh, those those two guys that I'm playing with, Mario and Jim Jones. <laughs> those guys are are just amazing musicians, and it's, it's kind of you uh, kind of rely on them a little bit. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, and the energy, but the bit. energy between the three of you too. Everything, and yeah, I've been doing a lot of solo shows, and they're just they're just working better and better, uh, and and mm-hmm. I'm just and 
getting back into the solo they always say it's all so much fun and I'm, I'm i'm just thrilled to, to get out and yeah um tomorrow night in colorado city arizona <laughs> um yes <laughs> and then saturday night in uh eureka nevada at eureka opera house which is a beautiful beautiful place to play and then uh lake tahoe uh south lake tahoe california and that's going to be a uh, i'm just thrilled um just uh, I'm really looking forward to this trip. Yeah. Yes, yes. <clears throat> and then you're going to be in our neck of the woods. You're going to be on June 10th. You're going to be at Solid Grounds Coffee House right here yes. in Albuquerque. Wonderful listening right. space. And mm-hmm. then um, you, along with Jim Jones and Mike Blakely. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What an that's evening gonna that's going to be. Um, <laughs> yeah. have, I know the three of you obviously know each other well. Have you ever done anything like this together? Um, only in, in just sitting around playing together, you know, just, just kind of jam yeah. sessions. Bill. Um, you know, Mike Blakely is – he is – I have to credit him with with me wanting to write songs. Um, really? Uh, yes, Mike Blakely. I a, a lady. I was working shoeing horses up in in um, actually in a ranch in the Gila Wilderness area um, here in New Mexico, and this lady gave me a, a, a CD. <laughs> actually, two of them, Mike Blakely songs. I'd never heard them before, and you know, I I'd listened to Ian Tyson and, and stuff, you know, and and I I love that I love that Western cowboy kind of stuff, but I didn't didn't know any of the other ones. And I heard Mike Blakely, and the, his songwriting is just amazing to me. And he he made me want to want to write songs. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Does Mike know that? Oh, I believe he does. He does, he does now. now. I, he does now. I actually, I actually recorded a couple of his songs on the first time I recorded anything, you know, and I, I recorded an album of just cover songs that I liked, and, and two of his songs were on there, um, Last Comanche Moon and Letter to Angelina. And, uh-huh. you know, I, I just did He's he's my hero. <laughs> I get to I get to play a show with him, you know, and that's uh, very gosh. cool. We, we so where are you guys going to be playing? Probably, where where would it be playing together? It will be in Albuquerque at uh, okay. It's the real real grand. Um, I'm kind of I'm 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 drawing a blank. Um, yeah, it's at the um, Best, Best Western. Best Western, Western Plus. Yep. Okay. Rio Grande. Yes. Yeah, right. real close to um, where the convention is every year. It's very close to the Hotel right. Albuquerque. Right, <clears throat> right. Well, that should be an awesome show. And, uh, awesome. and and all three of you guys are extremely talented. Will he be bringing Annie with him? I, you know, I don't know that. I don't know that, but I hope so. <laughs> well, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be cool. Well, listen, we're going to get to another song, and this is one called If I Make My Living in the Saddle. So tell uh, us about yes. this song. I, you know, this song, for me, we, we were writing songs for the Red Album, and, and um, I'd written a song about the Civil War, um, and I thought about all these 
after the Civil War in the South, how it was it was tough, <laughs> and it, so many of the boys they they headed west and to become cowboys. And I was watching the movie Conagher <laughs> with Sam Elliott. Love that movie. Yeah. Oh man, and he mentioned that he had left home when he was 12 years old, and that that was that was the beginning of this song. <laughs> so it's a song about the the boys coming coming west uh, to to basically get out of the south. It was tough; things were not good there. And, yeah, um, yeah, it was a hard time. Yeah. All right, if I make so living in the saddle. Doug Figs, we'll be right back. I watched my daddy working hard all day, plowing up that Georgia clay, doing his best to keep our family fed. We all did our part, working dawn till dark. Picking cotton till our fingers bled. I made this promise to myself. Was gonna make my living somewhere else. Thought I'd try my hand out west, punching cattle. I was 12 when I left home. Figured I could get by on my own. Bound to make my living in the hard and long, but I rode on, and I finally found my way to Abilene, out here I'll make my stand, riding for the brand, in a place where cowboys are. Cows, I sure don't miss that mule and plow. 
Doug Figs, I make my living in the saddle. And uh, Doug, you have been so much fun to have on the show. It is just oh, thank you. been too long since you've been here, man. I'm telling uh, you, we we can't have that happen yeah. again. <laughs> well, you know what? If I, if, as soon as as soon as uh, Butch has some free time, I'm I'm recording another album soon. <laughs> so I've got right. new songs already. <laughs> oh wow, wow! Did you do a lot of writing during the uh, during the COVID deal? I, you know, I don't think it was any more than than usual. Um, I just I just write when when it comes. That's that's what I do. So. Okay. All right. I got you. I got you. Well, this is a great album. One more ride. And uh, when is this going to be available for people to purchase? As soon as I get it. <laughs> I haven't got it yet. <laughs> when might they expect it? Can they pre-order now, or, or what can they do? You know, um, if it, right, I'm, I was, uh, I'm going to have it uh, in the next couple of weeks. I will have it on my um on my website, uh, which is okay. just dougfigs.com, that's all. And um, and I, I will have it soon. I will have it up there. And then I I suppose if you really wanted to pre-order, I, that would be great. I would, I would, but that would, if you would message me on Facebook from Farrier Figs, then I would, I would definitely uh, do that. But right all right. now, I'm trying to get everything so I can send it send out to radio stations ones that 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 will take the you know mp3s or wave files instead of the actual disc then i can send them out i'm going to go ahead and get them out as soon as i can well we appreciate that well i would encourage you to pre-order one more ride and you can go to facebook farrier figs because he's a farrier and uh, and you can pre-order it right there and visit his website, DougFigs.com, as well. But, uh, Doug, we look forward to having you back on here, and this has been so much fun visiting with you and catching well, up. You. you are so welcome. And uh, we're going to close out this segment of the show with another song from One More Ride, and that is Those Old Days. Tell us a little bit about uh, that one. Well, this is one of my absolute favorite songs that I've written. I just, uh, it just, <laughs> it's one that's pretty much about me. Um, I'm just, just, you know, I, I was, I was thinking, it, listening to Make My Living in the Saddle and it says 50 years have come and gone and stuff. You know, that's about when you're, it's about the time when you realize that you don't know everything.
little more cautious, and so this is this is that one. That sudden realization, huh? ground is a little harder than it used to be. So that's good. So, so this is this is my life in a song. So uh, all right. Like I said, every, everything in this song is true except for those things that aren't. <laughs> well, Doug, things you have been great. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Campfire Cafe, and uh, I hope to see you soon. All right, uh, this, those old days. Time. We'll be right back.
time for Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. We'll be right back. But right now, let's take a listen to one by Clint Bradley called The Lightning Ride. I'm 
UK, Mr. Clint Bradley with his The Lightning Ride. Welcome back to Saddle Up America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. I'm your host, Gary Holt, and in Albuquerque, New Mexico, Bobby Jean Bell. And we're going to welcome now to the show, and I'm not sure whether I need to say an old friend or a longtime friend. <laughs> But this is a long, a long time, friend. a long time friend. This is Fred Wool joining us today. Hey, Fred, how are you? Oh, I'm great. It's a long time old friend, I would say. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, gosh, well, it's great to have you on the show today with us, and uh, and we've kind of uh, promoted the show just a little bit, telling folks that you were the past chairman of BLM's, that's the Bureau of Land Management. The BLM is Wild Horse and Burrow Advisory Board, and you're a current board member of the Mustang Heritage Foundation. And uh, so we're going to be talking about Mustangs and horses and all kinds of cool stuff here for a little bit. Well, that's that's neat, and it's an honor to be here, you know. And uh, Mustangs have always been a big part of my my life, and it was an honor to serve the the uh, the, the, the folks and try to make sure that the horses were were taken care of on the range they got to do what they wanted to do and uh, i was uh, on that board for six years uh one of the few ones that got uh, two terms they don't generally have two two term members but i was the chairman for five years and so wow. uh, it was an honor to, to be there and then to be involved with the the mustang heritage foundation is quite an honor the amount of work that they do the number of homes they find for these wild horses and the work that they do it's it's amazing and like i said it's a big honor for me to to be part of that well i know you're a valuable part of that situation i i did want to ask though how did you get involved with mustangs to begin with well when i was younger and dumber you know how that goes i mean i i trained uh-huh. Lots of horses, and uh, I, I would take horses. I would, you know, people would bring me horses, and I'd work with them, try to get them going where they could ride them, and all that. And the the number of mustangs that people have brought me was, you know, several. And to get them to really do things was a little bit tougher, so to speak, because you know they they're kind of like a chalkboard. And uh, and people would would try to make them do something, and so they'd get that written on the chalkboard. So I'd have to brace all that up. So I did I come up with the idea that I was going to get my own Mustang first, and that's when I got Blue 18 years ago. Oh wow! And wow! And Blue, and 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 I learned a lot from Blue. You know, one of the things that I have learned about training horses and doing that is make doing what is right easy what is wrong hard i never make a horse always ask and uh and it has worked good and these mustangs they become partners with you at that time and uh it sure means a lot to you when you're out on the trail or doing something and you know and something goes wrong and you get get sidetracked or something and you have that trust with that horse and the horse has that trust with you it saves you from getting hurt and it saves him from getting hurt or her from getting hurt so it's a uh, I have learned a lot, you know, and it's uh, uh, and it has helped me in a lot of the other areas I have been in. You know, I try to make doing what is right easy, what is wrong hard, and it works good. People and horses. People and horses. People and, yes, yes, 
And so yeah. it's like those things that you just learned. And it's uh, that's right. Well, can I ask and, a question? And, yeah, go ahead, Bobby. Um, hi, Fred. <laughs> hi, Miss Bobby. Um, Hi. When I was just reviewing a little bit about your background, I found it so interesting that you worked with the Department of, um, you worked with the Kingdom of Jordan, and you worked with um, horses in the archaeological park of Petra. What an interesting, what an interesting uh, job that had to be. Well, it, it it was very interesting, and it was, you know, very uh, uh uh, you, you, very unique to say it, if you want to say it that way. The, <laughs> the king of, of Jordan contacted the secretary of state and, you know, because there was people complaining about the way the horses were abused over there and they were actually abused quite a bit. And so uh, uh, I, I was in Iraq at the time and I had probably generated a pretty good repu- reputation about being around horses. They they use that a lot over there, too, in, in, in Iraq. And so the the uh, Secretary of State contacted me and asked me if I would go over there and to do that. So I went there for two weeks and did some work and like this. And when I got back to Iraq, I got a phone call and a letter stating that uh, they would like me to go there on a uh, quasi-permanent basis. I was there for almost um, two and a half years living there. Mm -hmm. I was in Petra. And so I went over there and and I I stayed and it was quite an, uh, you know, uh, uh, it was unique. One of the first things I, I I did. You got to understand the, the the folks over there and how they did things. They they'd use these horses to take people through through Petra to look at that wonderful antique city, that you know historic site. But mm-hmm. they they didn't take care of their horses. They didn't do that, and a lot of people got thrown from their horses and all that. And so the, mm. the first thing I did was I got friends with a couple of the boys that had horses, and so I, I worked with them, and I asked if I could borrow their horses. So I gave the horses baths, and I brushed them, and when the people would come in, they had a choice of who they'd get, and I, everybody would want to go with me because my horses <laughs> looked better, they behaved. And so it wasn't about, you know, three or four days after that when they come to me and say, oh, Mr. Fred, Mr. Fred, can you help me fix my horse like, <laughs> like yours? And, and so uh, that uh, opened the door. See, I made doing what is right easy. I mean, right. if I said, hey, guys, you're doing this all wrong. you got to do X, Y, and Z. They would have chased me out because that's not yeah. it. But I, yeah. I, I showed them that doing what is right will make them more money, so to speak. And so mm-hmm. they actually they actually started you know, bathing their horses, brushing their horses, w- working on their feet. Their feet were in bad shape. All of them was. And uh, oh wow! It, so it was a, uh, it was incredible. I mean, and and and, and I lived there. I was. <laughs> it was very unique to be the only Native American in Petra. I mean, it was. But it was a, uh, it it was uh, an amazing experience. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. Well, you're you're 
welcome. Now, I mean, the other thing that I and I, I'm, I'm just sharing this with you all, and I know we got a, a, a pretty big audience, but there's a lot of stuff like that that I don't just. I mean. I did that because it was near and dear to my heart. I didn't do it for any press or or anything like that. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of folks that don't know I was in Petra. A lot of folks don't know I was in Jordan. I mean, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Iraq. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, uh, it it was a very uh, um, uh, blessed experience for me. Do I remember that you were given an Arabian stallion or something while you were there? I was. <laughs> and, and you got to tell us about that one. That. Well, you got to understand <laughs> them folks because I really got in love with that horse and he was really, he was really good. And we did a lot in the park. And uh, I I gave some awful important people rides. There was two senators came there. Both of them are dead now. It's been that long ago. But they come there to the park and they all got to ride my horse. But when I checked to see what it was going to cost me to get that horse home, it made me understand that the people who gave me that horse knew that, and they were going <laughs> to be having that horse. So. <laughs> But, so uh, you yeah. trained the horse for them and gave them a better horse than they had when they gave it to you. <laughs> a lot better horse. A lot better yeah. horse. I mean, he was, yeah. he was something else, too. He, he would, I mean, I, I worked very easy and hard with him to get him. And he he would do, I mean, we gave hundreds of folks rides there in the park, kids, babies, and all this, you know. And one of them things where they didn't, you know, I, I didn't want them to take babies on their horses because they wasn't well trained. But I would take them on on mine, and uh, uh, it, it that was an amazing time over there. It, it honestly was. Wow! Mm-hmm. Wow! 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 Mm-hmm. Well, we're gonna about, we're gonna talk about some amazing times back over here in just a minute. But I want to get to a song right now. It's called "Hold Your Horses," and it's by the Carol and oh. Sills Combo. And we're gonna come back and talk more with Fred Wool today on Saddle Up America. Oh. Yeah. 
people about Mustangs and horses in Branson, Missouri. Tell us a little bit about that and the experience that was for folks. Well, I was blessed and honored to be part of Silver Dollar City Salute to the Great American Cowboy. Uh, I, I, I started up there in 2007 and ended in 2017. And uh during that time, we actually adopted out or found homes for over 100 horses, Mustangs. Oh, wow. But what, what I would do up there, I'd get me uh, three Mustangs, and I'd get them trained, and I'd take them up there, and then I would use them in my shows. And uh, each year there at Silver Dollar City, during that six-week period, there was about 300,000 people come. And so oh, wow. the thing, number of people that was, impacted and con you know and saw the the horses and uh, all that that uh, and it was it was amazing and then i didn't have any trouble at all finding homes for them and um, blue was a uh, uh, my star up there i mean he did he did so much stuff it was amazing some of the stuff he did and we would uh, uh it was just uh, our our first couple of years we were inside and in um in a in a uh great big building it was a uh, and and they had food it was it was really a n- nice place but the p- people could not interact that well and then, yeah. then when i then when i went back i i had them do it do it out outside and we had a round pen outside and the horses would be in it and the people could touch blue and other horses and do all kinds of stuff and ask thousands of questions and so it was a it touched a lot of lives it it, it really helped uh and mustang mustang heritage was a sponsor of that for me uh, in 2012 they started and so wow. they did that the bureau of land 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 management helped and uh, uh it was a uh, it touched lots of lives found lots of homes for for uh these these wild mustangs and it was an incredible blessing and honor for me so how many of those folks fred 
didn't realize that there were uh, America's wild horses, America's Mustangs still out on the plains. Well, there was there was quite a few, quite a few. But one of the things that have that really touched me and touched lots of lives is when they had asked me, "Well, how come you you, you got them in?" And I'd say, "Well, you know, they it, it, it just." The, the the range can only handle so many horses. And they said, right. well, what, what, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, let me ask you this. If I put two horses in your front yard and you can't feed them and you can't water them, how long do you think they will live? Well, they'd laugh and say, well, you're stupid. They wouldn't live very long at all. And I said, well, that's what happens in these in these, uh, in these wild horse management areas. I say, when you Think about what happened out there back when they people first started coming in there. They could homestead. Well, where did they homestead? They homesteaded where where there was water, and so right. well they homesteaded. So all the other land didn't really amount to anything because if you didn't have access to water, it didn't mean anything. So when you have all these horses running out there and these folks that own this water allow them to come and drink, that's one thing. But when they don't have enough grass and they can't eat, and they start grazing on these folks' land because they have cattle and they have horses of their own, that creates a problem. And so we we needed to do something pretty strong to help with the reduce the population out there. And that's one thing that when I was with the Bureau of Land Management, we worked very hard to do and uh, to try to find out how we could – find homes for these horses, to find homes for these horses, to work with the pastures out there and the range to be sure there wasn't an overabundance of, of horses out there. At one time, they estimated about 20, 27 to 30,000 horses is all that range could could manage out there. And I think now, I think the, the last estimate I saw there was about 90,000 horses out there. Yeah. So, yeah. There's overabundance of them. Well, since uh since the Wild Horse and Burrow Act was implemented in 1971, uh one of the things that people don't realize is that we don't have the nat- natural predators that are helping to control these horses and um uh, things have just changed. I think, Fred, that if I remember, uh, in 71, there were something like 17,000 horses on the range. Does that yes. sound right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, 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 yeah. And now you've got 90,000 on the range, and we have 50,000 that are in holding facilities. That's 140,000 horses. And uh, And these horses double in number every four years. And so one of the things that BLM has to do is to help control the growth of the herds. And there are several different ways that that's trying to be accomplished. But one of the things is the roundups that take place, isn't it? Right. That's one of the things. And there's been, you know, there's been a few other things uh, that have tried to be done, like, uh, shooting them with dark guns with a, a hormone type vaccine that will, you know, keep them from uh, being fertile and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, you know, there was a, there's been a lot of stuff wanting, I mean, that, but what, what 
happens with that, and I probably shouldn't talk like this, but I'm going to because it, it, it makes it, it, it's the absolute truth. You know, people have big hearts, and if and if I start posting online somewhere that, you know, these horses they need, you know, they need to be taken care of. They've been on the range for a hundred years, two hundred years, and all this kind of stuff. We need to take care of them, and it touches someone's heart, and they don't do research. It bothers me because the, on the the next line in that stuff that they read, it says, please send us money so we can ensure that these horses stay out there. And so mm-hmm. and, and so that touches their heart, and so they'll send them some money and all that. But that, that money that is sent does not help any horse at all because how can it? Them folks that are getting that money don't own any land. They don't own any horses. They don't care for any horses. All they're doing is advertising online, putting ads in the paper and stuff like that, and taking ad advantage of that. What I encourage people to do, and I've done this a long, long time, is to research, to ask yourself to get on there and look and make sure that what you are seeing is the absolute truth. Now, if somebody shows you a picture and says, I've got 20 horses I'm trying to take care of and I need a little help, Research that, too, to be sure that they have got 20 horses and they are trying to take care of them. And then if you want to help them, you know, that's great. That's great. But don't believe everything that you read online. Don't believe everything that you read on Facebook. I mean, try to do the the, the best research you can to find out the absolute truth and facts. That's, that's exactly right. And that that brings us to the purpose of the Mustang Heritage Foundation. That is the fact that uh, their sole purpose is to find homes for the horses that are in the holding facilities. And so uh, that's how we have partnered with the Bureau of Land Management since, I think, 2001 to help find homes for these horses that are in uh in holding facilities, and one of the ways that that's done is through our trainer's incentive program, and uh, that has worked out very, very well. But another way is through the extreme Mustang makeovers that are done, and uh, those are those are events that take place uh, around the country, and this year will be in Franklin, Tennessee, June the 22nd through the 24th. And the way a Mustang makeover works is that uh, trainers go out and adopt these Mustangs 100 days before the event, and they get those horses prepared and ready to compete in some competitions that are just amazing, absolutely amazing to watch. And, And, Bobby, we've talked about this before on the show. But they're doing amazing things with these horses, and they're anything from yearlings to six- or seven-year-old horses that uh, have not been handled. And uh, and suddenly they are riding these horses. They're doing amazing things with them. And uh, on the final day of the event, they have the opportunity to purchase these horses at auction and find new homes. So... That's kind of the way the makeovers work, but that's the whole purpose for Mustang Heritage Foundation is to find homes for these horses and help place these 50,000 horses that are in holding facilities in good homes like Fred's with Blue uh, and and so many other people that have adopted these Mustangs. And, so, it, and it 
and it and it does great work. You know, uh, matter of fact, I was a part of the very first Mustang makeover that they had. I mean, I went and got me a horse and did all this and worked down that horse for a hundred days. This was the very first one, and I mean, I had him where I could catch him. I could pick up all four feet. I could, you know, he would load in the trailer. I mean, he was really really good. Now I hadn't been under his back yet because I mean he was an older horse and it, you know a hundred days, but I could crawl under him, crawl between his legs, and do all that. But when I showed up there at the, at the at the event I was blown away with the way a lot of them horses I didn't even show I'll be honest with you I didn't even show my horse because the, <laughs> they were on their horse they were they were you know spinning their horses backing their horses up jumping over I mean that it was just amazing the way that these folks trained these horses and did all that and uh, uh you know and and so I didn't want to go out there because I couldn't do that with my horses, you know, my horse. But so, you know, and so I brought him home. (laughs) 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 But that was amazing. That was amazing to see. And they do great work. And if anybody's interested, that Franklin, Tennessee is going to be a fantastic place. There's 100 horses, I think, isn't there? Isn't that what there is? Yeah, I think right now there are, uh, there are, close to 50 youth and so the youth uh work with the yearlings uh uh-huh. and they are they are all under, they're all under hand they're not riding these horses right, right. and so the youth work with their horses and because they used to auction those horses and then there were so many tears uh now the kids get to keep their horses and so that's a cool thing but there are over 100 horses that will be under saddle and uh wow. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a cool event. It's gonna be a tremendous event and Franklin, Tennessee is a pretty cool spot to be. Uh oh, just yeah. about twenty minutes from downtown Nashville. So, you know, come and enjoy the the sights and sounds of Music City and uh and Franklin, Tennessee. But it's gonna be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It's gonna be and great. you'll be there. And Fred will be there. And you'll you'll get to meet Fred and, and some of the other talented folks that are going to be there as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. But the bottom line is, is that we want to have uh, homes found for these horses that are in holding facilities. And that's exactly what Mustang Heritage Foundation does. And that's one of the things that these extreme Mustang makeovers help get done. And so, uh, Fred, I'd encourage people to go to mustangheritagefoundation.org and find out more about the Franklin Extreme Mustang Makeover that's coming up, and also check out the uh, the Trainers Incentive Program and some other areas that you can get involved with, and uh, and you can donate there as well. So that's a that's a cool thing. We actually do help find homes for horses. We're not just taking yeah. your money. So yes, and, and 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 it's really good. And you're 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 correct that that tip program. Uh, a trainer can take a Mustang and work with him and have him meet four or five things and uh, adopt them out, and he can make a, a little bit of money on that thing, which helps. It, 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 it saves the Bureau of Land Management lots of money because they don't have to put that horse into long-term holding, and it helps the horse because it, it now has a home, and it helps that trainer because he actually made a little bit of money. And so it's a, it's a real good program. 
And, uh, uh, well, it really is. And the numbers for the cost for the taxpayers, that's, that's you and me and everybody that's listening out there here in the United States, is $50,000 per horse. And so 50,000 horses that are in holding, you can do the math because I can't count that high. But that's what it costs. That's what it costs the taxpayers. And so uh, it's kind of a win-win. We find homes for these horses. They become loved members of the family. And uh, it helps the trainer who is placing these horses. And uh, uh, it helps the taxpayer. So that's that's all a good thing. Uh, Fred, when you were at Branson, you got to meet a whole lot of our friends that are out there. And Bobby, you know the song Belinda Gale did called Along the Buffalo? Yes, I do. You know who took her on the ride that had her write that song? Yes, our guest did. Our (laughs) guest today, Fred Wool. Yes, he did. So Bob and Belinda were trail riding with him, and when she got back, she rode along the buffalo. And uh, so you've met a lot of great people out there at Branson, haven't you? I've been blessed to meet a lot of good folks out at at uh, Branson. Kent Rollins is a is a dear friend of mine. Chris Isaacs, the cowboy poet, is a good is yeah. a good friend of mine. Belinda Gale is just, I mean, she's just a, I mean, her and I are dear friends. And uh, I I have been blessed to meet lots of folks, lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of folks out there. And uh, uh, it's an, you know, it just makes me smile just to think about that. And uh, um, taking Belinda on the river, I mean, I took her on there more than once, to be honest with you. I took her on there quite a bit and uh yeah she's good with horses she's really good with horses and uh uh when i got back and she sent me that uh cd with that song on it and and i i mean it brought tears in my eyes because uh uh it's an absolute fact i mean i told her everything everything about granny Granny Henderson on the river, and that's the <laughs> we went to. And uh, matter of fact, Granny was the first one to give me a cup of coffee many years ago. I think I was about seven or eight years old. Now, it was oh wow! Coffee, but I drank my first <laughs> cup of coffee at Granny Henderson. And, oh gosh! Uh, she was she she was something else. And so, uh, yeah, I have been blessed to meet lots of folks. Well, and they have been blessed to meet you. You have done so much good uh, and have done so much good in the horse world. And we we appreciate you and and tickled that you're part of the Mustang Heritage Foundation now. So, again, we encourage folks to to come out to Franklin, Tennessee, if you can, and uh, June the 22nd through the 24th, the Extreme Mustang Makeover. But be sure and check out mustangheritagefoundation.org. And you can find out about all the work that they're doing to help find homes for America's Mustang. So, Fred, we're going to kind of wrap this thing up with you right now. We look forward to talking with you again soon and seeing you in June. Okay. Well, before we wrap up, let me share a poem with you all. I was going to let them know if they come to the Mustang Heritage Foundation, they will probably let me on the stage and share a poem or two. But anyway, I'm going to share one with you. You know, right. I can, you know I can't explain it. 
There are no words, of course, to describe that moment in training when you connect with your horse. It happens in an instant. Oh, it sets your mind to reeling. You either get it or you don't. It's such an indescribable feeling. So let's just call it swapping spirits, for there's nothing that compares when you are the horse and the horse is you and you're breathing the same air. Mustang. Oh, that's great. And so that is great. So we appreciate you, Fred. Thanks so much for being with us today. It's Thank you, Fred. Thank you, and I appreciate you asking about Petra. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to take a listen to this one from Mary Kay. It's called Cowboy Soul. We'll be back in a moment with Bobby Bell on Saddle Up Mary. <laughs> Off like a bullet when the last bell blasted at the last hour of the last day of school. It wasn't like the others, college-bound cookie cutters. He had a bad taste of pretense and rules. Hired on at the V-bar outside of Green River. Grinned a goodbye and let the gravel fly. Sometimes young dreams need a tank of gasoline and a ribbon of highway to drive. Up the wind while you can't get Take it all in One look at you and I know You want to make a life Not just make a living You'll go where you want to go You've got a cowboy soul
with his cowboy soul, Mary Kay Holt. And Bobby, this was fun today. I'm I really enjoyed having Doug Figs back with us. It'd been a while. Well, yeah, horses and music. What what could be better than that? <laughs> it's kind of been a horsey music y show today, hadn't it? Really. Really. Absolutely. Carry your figs yeah. on. Yeah, 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 and uh, yeah. and always fun to talk with uh, Fred Wool, and uh, you know he's a pretty good stinking cowboy poet as well as a great horseman and an advocate for the Mustang. So a lot of fun visiting with him as well. Uh, what's happening with uh, the uh, rendezvous? What what is it? Uh, rendezvous with the writer. Thank we you. Thank really you. In- yes, we're excited. We have a really interesting guest this evening that came to us. Via our mutual friend Jennifer Heron, um, she wrote me after she'd been on the show, and she said, "You need to meet Vince Pinkerton, and you need to read his books. and um, And they're a really, really interesting, um, gripping uh, fiction. One is called uh, "The Devil Plays Six Strings," and the other is called "The Devil and the Dance Hall Girl." And um, Jim read one, and I read the other, and they were absolutely riveting. If you if you think you know what the devil will do, you need you don't know. You need to read <laughs> you need to read uh, um, Vince's Vince's books. Very engaging characters and um, kind of uh, creepy, uh, but very realistic at the same time. Um, all about how the devil gets in our lives, whether you sign a contract or not. He's there. <laughs> oh wow! Well, so that's Rendezvous with the Writer tonight. What what time that's is that? Tonight. Can tune in. Yes, um, it airs uh, six o'clock Pacific time, seven Mountain, eight uh, Standard, uh, nine Eastern, and you can watch it live at LA Talk Radio's Facebook page. Um, live at uh, started. Again, at 6 o'clock Pacific time. And then it'll be available um, immediately after as a podcast and so forth. So we're looking we're looking forward to um, talking to Vince about these characters in this, actually, the first two books of what will be a series. All right. That's going to be so much fun. You mentioned Jennifer yeah. Heron had, had recommended this guy. And so I'm going to go ahead and mention right now Jennifer's husband, Bobby Marquez, uh, puts on event an event called Country with Heart, and that is to benefit St. Jude's Children's Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. His Country with Heart show is going to be taking place on June the 10th uh, here in Nashville. And uh, I'm going to give you just a real quick rundown of the sh- stars that are going to be on that show. That's going to be Dennis Quaid. You know Dennis Quaid, the actor, who is also yes, a singer? Well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Dennis is going to be there, Johnny Rodriguez, John Barry, Riders in the Sky, you know those guys, Rex I'm Allen sure Jr., Barbara, Barbara Fairchild, Bailey and the Boys, and of course, Bobby will be hosting that, and that is taking place June the 10th, and uh, tickets are available at www.eventbrite.com. Just search for Country with Heart with St. Jude. I know Mary Kay and I have our tickets, and so we're looking forward to being there for that show. So that should be a lot of fun. 
and uh yeah so so visit and uh and and attend the event help the kids at St. Jude's Hospital so there's never a charge for any of the services for the kids that are at St. Jude's Hospital uh Saturday on live from Nashville we have a tremendous show lined up we have Melissa Deaton from Kentucky who is our first guest, and Bobby, she's been nominated for two Josie Awards, and that will be uh, uh, an award show that's taking place in October at the Grand Ole Opry House here in Nashville. So Melissa is on the show, and she's going to be a lot of fun to listen to her music and visit with her. And then we have Gary Nicholson, who is a two-time Grammy Award winner. He is a member of the Texas Songwriters Hall of Fame, the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame, and he has written songs for people that have been recorded by Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, even Ringo Starr. He has over 600 songs that have been recorded, and uh, and Gary is a tremendous guest, so we're going to have a lot of fun visiting with him. That all takes place on Saturday beginning at noon on Live from Nashville. And you can listen to that show, this show, and a lot of our shows on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify to search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. So, Bobby, any closing thoughts for today? I have this one from Dolly Parton. If you don't like the road you're walking... Start paving another one. I like that. I like that. By the way, did you see the uh, ACM award show this past week? I did not. No, I did not. <laughs> so, so uh, Garth and uh, Dolly hosted that show, and you know Dolly was just nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and uh, she turned it down. And then she came back and accepted that, and she's done her first rock and roll album. And so she performed her first single from that album on the award show the other night, and it just blew everybody away. So be sure and watch for Dolly's rocking album that's coming out. Well, listen, thanks for listening to the show today, everybody around the world. And uh, Bobby, thank you. And always so much fun to be spending eight or nine years together on the radio. <laughs> wow. 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 Give We've me whatever it is that keeps you. Guests. We have, haven't we? Yeah, but whatever mm, it is sure that have. you're taking that keeps you so long, young looking, send me some of it, would you? <laughs> you're too kind. <laughs> There's a there's a portrait in the attic. There's a portrait in the attic getting very old. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, we're going to close out the show today with one by Claudia Nygaard. It's called Prairie Fire, and we'll see you next Thursday for the Campfire Cafe and Settle Up America. Papa's on the back porch.
Bye. 